to the mystical realm of things that make you go woo. I'm your host, Emily, also known as Emily and Her Stars, an evolutionary astrologer, psychic medium, an insightful 6-4 projector who specializes in channeling cosmic messages that will unlock the boundless potential within you. When I'm not working with my amazing clients, I'm on a quest to unravel the sacred mysteries and ancient origins of the woo. Join me as we explore the rich tapestry of history, unfolding current events, captivating interviews, and sacred wisdom in the monthly energy reports. Brace yourself because this podcast is all about making you go woo too. Hello, woo listeners. I am so excited to have you here today as I am embarking on a bit of a new journey here on things that make you go woo. And part of that is going to include breaking down the common words associated often with spirituality, woo, and witchcraft that maybe have somehow wormed their way into society without us actually understanding their true meanings and origins. By taking the time to recognize that, we are taking back our power from centuries of bullying, racism, class warfare, and oppression. In particular today, I'm going to focus on the origins of the word hag. Now, a few months ago, I discovered the etymology of this word in an Instagram reel by Elise Lonan, author of On Our Best Behavior. She's also a fellow superfan of Barbara G. Walker's work, including the Woman's Encyclopedia of Myths and Secrets. If you don't have either of these books in your current collection, please, please, please add them to your stacks as soon as possible. They are hands down two of my favorites. But having learned the route from Elise as she read through Barbara G. Walker's book, I was completely smitten and ready to fully embrace the word hag. While on a recent women's retreat in Southern California, I lovingly referred to these incredible women I was spending the weekend with as hags, even more so as my hags. <laughs> Their response, however, left me realizing I had completely forgotten to bring these beautiful women along on my journey of discovery. So join me today in our new episode as we break down these stereotypes and call home the power of ancient words. The contemporary connotation of hag is generally old woman with additional pieces of careless, ugly, or evil appearance. In the Middle Ages, the term referred to a female demon or an evil spirit, but it was originally associated with something much, much more wonderful. The Encyclopedia Britannica, which yes, you can still access on the World Wide Web, <laughs> states that hag, in European folklore, an ugly and malicious old woman who practices witchcraft with or without supernatural powers. Hags are often said to be aligned with the devil or the dead, sometimes appearing in the form of a beautiful woman a succubus is a hag believed to engage in sexual intercourse with sleeping men, 
causing severe nightmares and leaving the victim exhausted. Although viewed in most lore as the antithesis of fertility. Yeah, I'm beginning to see why my beautiful friends at the retreat weren't necessarily so happy when I started throwing out hag as a term of endearment. But hag is actually believed by some scholars to be a remnant of a primitive nature goddess. If we follow the trail of breadcrumbs backwards, our first stop with hag is the trunicated version of the old English term hagatus, meaning witch or sorceress. The second syllable, later misidentified as probably just a mere suffix, was dropped off. But that's actually the most essential element. If we start out with the word hag, we find it's very closely associated with hedges, ha, and is related to the borders of the wilderness where wild birds would feed on hagberries and hawthorns. Hagatus meant hedge rider, or she who straddles the hedge, because the hedge was the boundary between the civilized world of the village and the wild, wild world beyond. And witches and reclusive women with mysterious healing abilities, who were sometimes accused of being witches, straddled both worlds. The Hagatus would have a foot in each reality, even later when it meant the local healer and root collector living in the open and moving from village to village. It might have just been the mildly derogative Middle English sense of a nomadic woman sleeping under the bushes, selling goods. In Old English, there are a variety of terms like haggatus, haggy, haggard, haggard, that are used to describe female demons with clear senses of describing a wild woman of the woods. It's unclear exactly why the term lost its sense of wildness when used to denote an unmarried woman, but this appears to have occurred around the 16th century, kind of close to the witch trials. A term with looser association, hag-ridden, refers to sleep paralysis. The term is derived from the belief that the hag sits at night when she visits the victim and sits on his chest to produce a sensation of distress and discomfort called a nightmare. In Persia, the hag called baktak, which means nightmare, also sits on a sleeper's chest, making them waken, unable to move or breathe. There exist many tales of hags being a type of nursery boogeyman used to frighten children into being well-behaved and going to sleep on time. Because of the belief of being immobilized while lying in bed was caused by a spirit bearing down on the victim, by extension, the term hag-ridden also came to mean tormented. Page 366 of Barbara G. Walker, The Woman's Encyclopedia of Myths and Secrets. Hag. Originally holy woman, the hag was a cognate of Egyptian Hek, a pre-dynastic matriarchal ruler who knew the words of power or Hekau. In Greek, she became Hecate, 
the crone or hag as queen of the dead, incarnate on earth in a series of wise women or high priestesses. In Northern Europe, the hag was the death goddess, corresponding to Hecate, like the hag of the Ironwood, whose daughter or virgin form was Hell. Old Norse haggy meant a sacred grove, the Ironwood, a place of sacrifice. Hagen meant to chop to pieces, which is what happened to sacrificial victims dismembered for a feast. Hags may have been priestesses of sacrifice, like the Scythian matriarchs who butchered for their sacred cauldrons and read omens in entrails. Northmen colonized Scotland where a haggis or hag's dish was made of internal organs. Until the 19th century, people kept the New Year festival of Hagmina, Hag's Moon, going in disguise from house to house, begging for cakes. A chronicler said, On the last night of the old year, the visitors and company made a point of not separating till after the clock struck twelve, when they rose and mutually kissing, wished each other a happy new year. This is still the custom, but a contemporary clergyman said the Hagmina meant the devil was in the house. Devilish qualities were attributed to stone idols of the hag, such as the famous Stone of Scone, still in use at each British monarch's coronation. You may have recently seen them pull the Stone of Scone from Scotland for King Charles' coronation. This stone once represented the hag and her spinning wheel. The goddess of the wheel of fate, a Danish ballad, said that the hag of scone led the swarthy elves, but she was turned to stone by an incantation of the missionary of St. Olaf. Thou hag of scone, stand there and turn to granite stone. Helvetian converts to Christianity were compelled to batter to pieces sacred stones in which their goddesses dwelt, reciting her formula, Once I was the goddess, and now I am nothing at all. In the 16th century, hag was synonymous with fairy. Old High German called wise woman Hagazusa, that is, a moon priestess though hagiology still means the study of holy matters and saints, the root word hag declined in its meanings. Shakespeare's verb haggard meant to be bewitched, and his noun haggard meant a hawk or a harpy or an intraceable woman. The hag, as death goddess, her face veiled to imply that no man can know the manner of his death, was sometimes reinterpreted as none. Christianized legends were invented for these veiled figures. To take this study back further in time, we come to the Hebrew word for wisdom in Proverbs 8 as Hokman, from the Egyptian Hekma or Hekamat, the underworld mother of wisdom, law, and words of power. The Greek and Roman equivalent of hagia meant holy, especially as applied to the principle of female wisdom. 
One of the most well-known occurrences of the word is in the name of the famous Istanbul landmark, Shrine of the Holy Wisdom of God, better known as the Hagia Sophia. Similarly, in Israel, a Hagia was a holy day. Certain Jewish religions literature dating back to Israel's matriarchal period was probably written by wise women since it was called the Haggadah. Later, patriarchal rabbis declared this material not legal. In Vicki Noble's book, Shakti Woman, she talks about hag coming from the word root meaning holy woman and sacred grove. The image of a contemporary Shakti woman, the hag woman who bursts with energy, thrusting towards the meaning of life. She feels she must live fully before she dies, must somehow find herself in touch with the fires of truth or burn trying. This drive to be her own self, independent of others, with her own purposes to affect, her own resources to pull from, her own deep well to draw materials from right to the surface. To me, this sounds like a quote from my favorite W-I-T-C-H song, like a woman in total control of herself. (laughs) In tune with the kind of creative force available to women who are able to focus on their own tasks, dreaming of new worlds for ourselves and making the magic tangible. May we all learn to embrace the hag within us that rides the hedge between this realm and the other, using our holy and divine wisdom to create healing and to connect with the oracles and soothsayers that live in our souls. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Things That Make You Go Woo. You can find out more about this episode and how to work with me at emilyandherstars.com or come join the incredible sacred community at thirdeyelibrary.com. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.